earliest memory about money is probably uh i think i was probably about six or seven and okay. um i don't know my, my mom gave me whatever i think it was equivalent about 20 dollar canadian okay that's uh, that's a lot for six or seven money, yeah. yeah and then <laughs> you know we're told like oh go to the uh nearby 7-eleven to pick up i think it was milk or something yeah and i was like oh i got money i put it in my pocket i i was uh walking my with my younger brother and then uh got to the store pick up the whatever milk or whatever we needed and i was like oh where's the money oh and no I lost it right so that that's still it's in my memory it's, you still it's kind have of, that in your memory i know it was it's a big it's deal pretty um, yeah because it was a lot of money back yeah. then right so it was like so i don't know if that that has made a <laughs> negative uh imprinting my mind or positive i don't know but well, where do you put like if you have cash where do you do you put it i in still put in my still put in my pocket but now <laughs> but i was pretty careful then i was like keep you kept like, checking checking and still somehow i must still just like just like you off. made to something came yeah, out or know. just like i don't know never so you're only six or seven yeah so that that was probably my earliest memory in terms of what money. was the consequence like did you go home and you were just so upset yeah i was pretty upset about with myself and yeah my, my mom was out oh, you know not a big deal it's, it's my it happens right? it <laughs> happens but just you know be careful next time and yeah I was, it was more upset about myself because yeah I'm, you were more upset than than she was yeah i've been pretty like i'm a pretty responsible person like yeah even as a kid right you're so a good like, kid you know i lost like 20 bucks that's so they knew, deal. like they knew that you didn't like you, you weren't lying, and you yeah, didn't they steal knew. it. I mean, you didn't like give it to somebody or, or go gamble. No, or I mean, anything I mean, <laughs> growing up, we were like we didn't have an allowance. Uh, my parents would just keep money in the in a drawer somewhere, and okay, you know, if we need money, we would just go and and then take it. And you could just go get money for yeah, and then, whatever and then you just wanted. tell them, tell them like you know, I took oh, some we money, took some money. So wow, so there's always that level of trust. Um, so yeah, that that wasn't for them. That wasn't like just, that was a way to teach us. But I was, I think I was more upset about myself, yeah, like, losing that money and not being responsible, kind of thing, right? So, so where did you grow up? I grew up in Taiwan. I was born there, um, and then uh, we moved to Canada I when I was thirteen. Okay, so yeah. you lived a, a fair amount of your early life. Yeah, but I, I in basically, Taiwan. yeah, but I would say. Canada's home, right? Grew yeah, there. I've been there, been for, there for over 20, 20 something years. Yeah, now, right? yeah. So you're. Uh, why did your parents uh, come over to Canada? Yeah, so we we were traveling. Um, like my my dad was uh, coming to U.S. Um, for her for his business. Okay. Like you know, meeting customers and all that, and they liked the environment in in the U.S. So they were looking to you know. Hey, uh, why don't we immigrate to U.S.? Okay. But then when they started looking into it, it was like way harder to get into U.S. And then we we went to one year we visited Canada in Vancouver, and before that we were visiting L.A. And back then L.A. was like pretty in terms of crimes that we drive through downtown okay. L.A. is like locked the door. Yeah. It was okay. Pretty so sketchy. not the best place. And then we we went to Canada. I think that was in in the 90s, and. Uh, we're like seeing people walking on the street at night downtown <laughs> or we're like, well, this is different. It's happening. Everyone's and saying hello to me. Yeah. And then like went to, we went to Squamish was like, well, this is great. So we're like, oh, it's easier to get to Canada. So they really, all right. It wasn't any reason for them. It was just like, well, it's a better environment. And so we, we did the immigration thing and got in and what immigrated kind of, to Canada. What kind of business uh, was your family in? Uh, my dad was uh, import export, um, like wood products and stuff. So but that then could translate. Uh, he could bring that over to Canada, no problem. Yeah, or? 
sort of he's tried to try to do that a little bit and then um after a couple years in in canada he decided to sort of just retire um so he he retired in his um like mid 40s okay so yeah. he w- so well that speaks to he was already financially independent at some point then? yeah for m- for more or less yeah like before you before you guys moved to ta- to canada from taiwan um or not quite close i think enough? pretty close and we just been pretty frugal and okay you know, so that that kind of helped so he, too. Ca- he he made some good money uh, with his business in taiwan and that coupled with frugality uh made it so that like he had enough money to move everybody over and then just needed to make a little bit more money in Canada. Yeah, I think I think he like I think frugality is always in in the family blood. So yeah, even yeah. even when you know he is always like you know, even he I mean he wasn't making I don't think he was making big bucks but still it's just like but saving. still enough to to yeah, feel financially to, independent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so that was that that's been interesting just growing up uh in a family that you know my dad's retired so yeah, it was so interesting early. and then like yeah. you know my a cousin of mine retired in his 40s and another cousin was independent financial independent in her 40s as well but she continued to work so that so kind you of had a lot of inspiration in the, exactly uh, the, yeah and, and money's being like openly discussed within the family uh so that i think that that makes it very interesting yeah well yeah. so you kind of know like you know how they did it yeah and it's no big secret no and then and no it's not not a big secret and then that cousin of mine that retired in his 40s, he, I, I definitely look up to him. He's kind of like my mentor. Okay, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, That's yeah. how he got me into computers. Okay. Um, so I definitely like, hey, like, how did you do it? And what do you, what do you still do? What do you invest in? And, you know, I definitely pick on his brain quite a bit when yeah. I have the chance. So it's it's been really it's cool. That's really nice to have. And someone who's so close to you and you know that what they did, uh, you can achieve that, especially if you follow a similar path. Yeah. And uh, then having parents who obviously support this. Yeah, for too. sure. And I mean, I know growing up, like both my parents were always being like, you know, make sure you save, then you could retire you don't have to work for t- too long. You know, you could retire at, they didn't specify an age, yeah. but just like you could retire early. But like once I started writing the blog, it was never about retire early. It was more, uh, when can we become financially independent and just so we could do things we love to do. Have more options. Yeah, and, and not yeah. tied to the idea of having to get a paycheck every two weeks. It's like, work because we choose to not because we have to that's right, right. That, that i like that idea of fire instead of like i'm going to retire and sit down somewhere and do nothing for for, uh, for the next 50 years exactly I guess. yeah uh, because it's early right you have yeah. so much more of a runway and most people seem to be doing some kind of work for income right exactly. w- when they reach financial independence because it's just a it's just that comfort level that, that gives the, the options the freedom right yeah i think i think the important message is that you know once you're fi you could do things you really really enjoyed yes regardless of the money so you could volunteer as like homeless yeah. shelter if you want yeah. and if you get paid that's 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 an extra thing you don't right? have to make your decisions based on will like is this worth my time in terms of money exactly you can keep doing your job and you can keep making lots of money if that's what you want to do but you have an option to cut your, your hours down exactly or, yeah or that, that i think that's the important thing and and also even it's not about uh financial independence it's more i think at in at the core it's about making a better financial future for yourself and, and your family right so yeah so i think everybody 
wants to do that regardless where you're at whether you're you know 20,000 in debt or you're just starting out like everybody is trying to have a better financial future right? I think so. so okay so let's let's go back and and find out how you got to well you're almost you would you say you're almost there or you could if you want well, we to be? could if we want to be today um yeah, like it, with our sp- like, if we we would decide to uh, like, we live in Vancouver, so obviously yeah. expensive within Canada. But you know, we, we moved to a smaller town in in Van- in it within w- Canada, yeah, okay. or or moved to like Southeast Asia. Like I'm originally from Taiwan, so we thought about you know, yeah, it's definitely an option. That for you. that's definitely something. But we're we're kind of taking the slow route to FI. Like yeah, um, we kind of just thought, hey, if we have enough dividend income to cover our expenses, we could call ourselves FI financial independent yeah but, you know we're, we're if you change we're, your life yeah, yeah yeah but like you know number wise i think we're we're there it might have to play around so with so, so yeah. you if you really like needed to stop working you could and you would just have to change you know change. Sort, sort of, i guess the top top expenses in your life yeah right? exactly yeah 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 which is what a lot of people do anyway you exactly know, either they 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 move and they they downsize or and then they cut down transportation i guess is the uh, the second one, and I think food was the third one for on the list yeah, from yeah. the movie last night. The, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, screening. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, so you are pretty much there now. If you wanted to, but uh, you know now you know you have options, right? To keep going, right? Exactly. So okay, so let's go back then to to you. <laughs> Twenty dollars is lost, uh-huh. and then you know uh, what what would be like the the next time maybe that you were entrusted with money, maybe you made money yourself. Like how did you start? making money um you know as a young person and and what did that mean to you well being like taiwanese and stuff it, i guess we get red envelope oh you got the red uh, pockets yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah in uh, chinese new year so that that's usually where i get my money each year <laughs> and usually you just say put in a bank kind of thing um yeah i i, I think i i had a bank account um yeah when i was i forgot like really young and yeah and well back then interest rate was way higher so i would <laughs> make the the uh like i would be like checking my uh my uh your, your deposit bank, book yeah you'd be looking at that like, book you know going to the bank and and get the uh what my what, what the amount <laughs> is and it's like oh i got it's more so it much grew more, yeah. so that, that Okay, so that's inspiring. Yeah, so that that inspiring. helped you. So that made you want to save more. Exactly. You, was there stuff that you wanted to spend money on when you were younger, like um, in high school or earlier? I think I like a lot of my friends had uh, like Nintendo and all that stuff. Yeah. But we never had one. So oh, you that didn't, eh? That was just secretly wishing for one, but <laughs> we never got one until much later. Um, computer, but yeah, I I wasn't like again. We didn't have allowance and and. My parents are usually pretty good with, like, in terms of if we if we want something, eventually we get it. Yeah. It might take a few years. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I never really have any giant wishes in terms of what I want to buy sp- specifically. Um, well, that yeah. definitely helped. Like, I can see that definitely helping with achieving financial independence in the future. Yeah, and, and if it's you kind don't of have that, those needs for material yeah, things, right? It's kind of funny because, like, my wife always jokes about, like, you know, I, I, it's like, what's your, uh, birthday wish it, wish, yeah. uh, I should probably start in January because you always give me like two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like literally like it's my birthday coming up and she, she asked me a while ago and I gave her two things li- and <laughs> they're all small things. She's like, 
give me more options so I could <laughs> get you something cool, right? So you don't really need much. Like what I mean, again, jumping ahead or jumping to now, like what are your um what do you like to do with money other than other than save it obviously uh we like to travel okay yeah yeah for sure experiences um, experiences i think we focus on that more nowadays yeah experiences uh food we, oh, okay, we yeah. like like we just recently went to new york for eight days oh nice and uh the whole family and we definitely tried a few like not expensive but i mean it's it's expensive in new york like yeah, a, well, a two dollar sign yeah. thing in vancouver is maybe like twenty dollars per person in new york a two dollar sign was like 20 25 us per person yeah so, okay right but we we went to like a few you know we we watched we like these uh cooking shows so we went to some of these celebrity chefs oh you did restaurants like oh yeah Lord, they're show, they're restaurants. and ones very cool but it was still like amazing food so we we definitely be yeah. willing to spend money on you know experiences like yeah. something that's memorable so yeah so not material things and uh and experiences and that and that's what you'll be able to get in the future you know exactly with, uh, and you, then you can you can set your level of financial independence based on how much of that you want to do right, right. and uh you know so the earlier that you hit like that basic level right the more options you have to be like okay well let's let's work a few more years to be able to like take one more trip or two more trips. So I don't know how yeah. detailed you do it. We can get to that in a sec. Yeah. So, uh, so you're not really, so you're just saving all this money. Did you like, not necessarily your parents, this is a different situation, right? Cause your parents are financially independent, but does that mean that they have like saved up money for you to go to school or anything like that? Like how, how did they set up their finances for that? Yeah, I was definitely very fortunate. They paid for my post-secondary. That's amazing. So That's I so came good. out without any debt. And yeah. I, I was very fortunate. So I, I definitely appreciate that. I want to do that for my kids. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. But having said that, um, I think I don't want to, you know, maybe a little bit selfish. I don't want to like, like screw up my retirement because I'm saving for the kids. That's what everyone's doing, right? Like so, so like I realized... You need to find a bit of balance. Right? Yeah, and, there's and nothing that, wrong that's, with them taking a loan. That's the whole thing about my blog. I'm like, the key message I drive is, uh, you need to find your personal balance between saving for the future and yeah. spending for, for today, enjoying life today. Because quite honestly, um, like tomorrow is never guaranteed, right? Even though you think you'll wake up tomorrow, no, no, but true. you never know, right? You and, might be sick, and having right? having um, having uh, encountered a few deaths the last year and a bit oh really not just like friends and family yeah and, yeah and even co-workers i was like well this is you know we really need to make sure we get that experience while we can and yeah and with young kids it's like well they're gonna grow up pretty soon and you know that that you can't go rewind and yeah you know, that so you definitely need to enjoy life when you when you can yeah because if you're like just traveling all the time for work or if you're you know just working 24 7 you mm -hmm. never see your kids in order to try to make a better life for your kids it's really one of those hard choices yeah right? and then and then like kind of like when you travel with with young kids is obviously different than when you travel 10 years later when they're when they're teenagers yeah. going to be different focuses different experiences right so you definitely want to uh, take the opportunities and and do that now yeah right? so so okay so school was paid for and and where where'd you go and what did you take i went to university of 
University of British Columbia uh, in Vancouver, and I took uh, engineering physics. That was one of the hardest programs That's in <laughs> yeah, really hard in, in engineering. But and then I specialized yeah. in electrical and had a minor in commerce. So, what was the goal of of being like? You enjoyed engineering and physics. I like I like the the problem solving part. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, engineering physics basically we took a lot of physics courses. I think I was like two or three courses short of a math degree. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> we did Fourier transform basically every different, every possible way you can think of. Okay. Uh, it was insane. And then uh, it obviously some electrical courses, but um, I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And okay. that was like the, the only thing that delayed my um, decision a little bit later because I didn't have to decide my specialization until like third year. Okay, so you just wanted yeah. to figure it out, and that's what school is for. Yeah, right? and then and then it was ultimately it was it was good because it helped me with you know problem solving skills and and uh, making connections with friends and and heck I don't even do engineering anymore. Right? No, so it's kind of funny. So did you, but did you start in engineering after? I school? started in engineering after school, and then kind of I'm I'm in marketing now. Um, okay, so it's. That's interesting, but in a similar like uh, yeah, same same company. But I mean, I uh, as I mentioned earlier, I took I took minor in commerce, so I always knew I'm I being I was interested in business. Yeah. So I eventually I always wanted to get into the business side of engineering. So okay, kind of like a natural progression. Yeah. So you have the best like you have the knowledge to be able to drive the business. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and that's I mean it's important, right? A lot of people sort of it's not really a pivot. It's it's kind of a pivot, but it's within. The right. industry that you know, which yeah. is which is good, and so I imagine um, you make good money coming out of school, like in your first job. Were you making uh, it was, already? It was good. I think one of the mistakes I made was I didn't negotiate my salary oh, really? as okay, much. Really? Like so, I just accepted whatever they offered. It was my numbers. I was like, okay, that's good enough. So, can you talk about that for a bit? Like why sure. why would you why do you think you didn't negotiate? Well, I I don't think I I read as much in terms of uh, the what you should do in terms of getting a job i just i i had a number in mind they they asked i didn't give them a range i just say oh this number and up so they gave me the number and and, and that's like, it i was like oh that's good enough but i'll accept it and i was that was kind of like in the range of what my friends were getting so okay I was like, oh, that's good enough i don't need to but i didn't yeah but how did you know that that it wasn't that you should have got more like how did you figure that out like by talking to people afterwards or well, or just you know um reading the internet after a while it's yeah like, oh you should like number one tip is always negotiate your salary offer so you think if you would have just done some kind of negotiation like anything like oh you know how about this or this even if you didn't need it right like even yeah. if it wasn't if you even if you were good with that low ball number mm -hmm. you think that you could have got a bit more without really yeah i think any so and, and plus usually with companies it's like salary adjustment is like you know a certain percentage so yeah. if you start a little bit higher, I guess, compounded. That's more, right. right. So but having said, I've been with the company for 13 years. Okay. That's uh, a long time. So the compounding yeah. is... Uh, um, but I have had asked for a raise. Like, yeah. I, I switched position um, probably four, four years into the into work uh, when when became a project manager and okay. was one of the top ones within the company. And uh, I was like, I'm getting paid way too low. I'm yeah. Give me a raise or I'm out of here. Okay. Manager, I gave me a pretty significant raise, and well, that's know, good. So, so you gave them an ultimatum. Now, yeah. the, what did you feel like you were taking a, a risk there? 
I think I was for sure yeah. looking back, but <laughs> I was pretty sure they they would give me something, right? Because okay. I was I was managing one of the top three customers in the company, right? Yeah. So so, um, so we shouldn't be afraid to use our our like our leverage if we have any. Exactly, and right? and I think with with um you know Glassdoor and all the all these websites yeah. available, you you kind of s- see where you're at in terms of the salary range, and uh and uh and determine whether you should get paid more or not. And and it's interesting because, um, you know, you, you, you look at professional athletes, mm-hmm. right? They're, all their salaries are open. It wasn't like that years ago. Okay. And um, now it's open. They seem to get p- get paid more and more because if they could compare to their peers, right? Yeah, that's whereas, interesting. Whereas within Canada and U.S., it's like it's such a taboo subject. And interestingly enough, I have a really good buddy that uh, he's now in Australia and – he his wife is from there, so he and his wife, before that was fiance, they were living in Australia for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, he was, you know, we we were kind of open about money and stuff. So he was saying that in Australia they actually talk about salary. So he really? like first day he said first day at work he had a he was a manager he had like his uh, employee asking like, how much do you make? And he was like <laughs> really Whoa, the employee like, that's interesting. What the heck, right? So so he was like. <laughs> But at the same time, he's like, well, that, that makes it easier to negotiate salary. Absolutely. Right? So I was like, oh, why don't we do that in Canada? I mean, just we're so, weird. so much stigma. Yeah. You know, people with comparison and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, it, it's good that uh, you went and, and did that. And, uh, of course, maybe you realized that was a little late. It's good to talk about the negotiation because people think that, they just should be lucky to have a job sometimes, right? Exactly. And maybe that's how you. Felt I think. At the I think time. if you provide value and and you could show that you're definitely, um, you have the talent and you could leverage that. That's very important. Yeah, and so you're you're making some decent money from the beginning because you don't have any debt as well, right? Right. Not that it's cheap to live in in British Columbia. Or in, you were in the in Vancouver then after that. Yeah. And uh, so how much are you able to save? from the from the yeah. beginning so funny you you talk about that so <laughs> another thing that that uh, i think i've written this on my blog a yeah. few times so when i got my job i was very much you know when you're in your 20 early you're 20 young, you're like yeah. i'm moving like i i moved out of home okay even yeah. though my parents are in vancouver like main vancouver suburbs but i was living on campus i was living by on my own yeah. i was like this is great <laughs> so when i got my first job i was like oh i'm finding an apartment living. and then my parents <laughs> were like well why you know your work is like 20 minutes from home yeah and, you know why don't you move back home and you could really save money i was like this is a terrible idea i don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that and then they kept talking to me and convinced me so i i i moved back home for like a year and a half okay um and that really helped with my savings rate. I was saving, you know, like they didn't charge me rent. So I was able to, you know, save like you know, 80, 90%. Yeah. Something cr- that really helped, helped kickstart my, my, uh, my journey. Absolutely. Um, what a, like, I mean, there's a lot of privilege here, right? We should yeah, acknowledge uh, that. Definitely. And, 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 and yeah, I, I definitely been fortunate, but at the same time, I think priv- I, well, within the fire community, I think this privilege card definitely gets thrown around too a lot but at the same time if you're if you're if you come from a privileged background mm-hmm. and you don't take advantage of it that's right it doesn't matter yeah right? so because and that's that's really sort of what we should be comparing this to right because like no not a lot of people could like a lot of people start with like seventy thousand in student debt when they come out of school yeah and they can move back in with their parents yeah so if you have that 
option of moving back with your parents mm-hmm. and you don't take it like your parents were really cool to like you know they come from they're you're financially independent from frugality they're like yeah. they're they were encouraging you to come back home yeah like, they, a lot of parents don't want they're kind of doing the like you know even my dad like they definitely want us to make our own decisions and um like both my parents then they kind of gently guide us along and uh <laughs> you know they wouldn't say like like i i, I invest in mutual funds and all that stuff even though my dad knew it wasn't a good <laughs> idea right but he kind of like ah you need to so learn on your own like you're not thing. gonna like lose money but you're not gonna it's not the most efficient yeah, like high product. fees and stuff exactly right? so, yeah but like he knew it wasn't like a disaster but you gotta yeah. learn yeah, yeah you gotta learn on your own kind that's of thing, okay right? interesting and that, i think that's important because you know when i was you know teenagers and early 20s you definitely don't take parental advice as seriously <laughs> so <laughs> i think does. that that has helped a little bit yeah. yeah so they're like they they try to give you a lot of opportunities to um have a head start which was so it's so yeah. nice right like the yeah. the paying for school and having no debt and uh and so yeah, so you're able to really just start like investing money right away, um, or just I wouldn't saving, call it saving it. Saving it now that that was one step one. So I was yeah, saving okay. money, but saving. Yeah. I, you know, I, I signed up for the uh, Works RSP. Okay, and good. So, so I I good was matching. investing stuff in mutual funds. Yep. And but mostly I was parking my money in GICs. Okay. So I wasn't earning a huge. Uh, although so back in it's safe, but in it early was better. Two two thousand was you know you know three or four percent which uh, i mean i would uh, that would be great right yeah now. but but <laughs> i wasn't investing in, in stocks or anything like that but it wasn't until you know probably 2010 like wh- when i met my, my wife and then we started dating and you know and then uh started learning about more about investing that's when we had our you know 180 and started investing heavily into stocks and things like that so before that then up to 2010 you're parking your money, but you're able to. You you ended up moving out on your own though after. A year I and did. Half. I did year and a half because I was doing a lot of outdoor stuff, like going to Squamish and Whistler and yeah, okay, and all that. So a lot of waking up super early at like <laughs> four a.m. Because um, I was in the varsity outdoor club. Okay, um, yeah. So it would be like waking up, waking up at four a.m., drive to Vancouver, pick up friends, and then go skiing or <laughs> go hiking. Nice, and nice. So and eventually, just like. Because I was doing it basically every weekend, it was getting too hard for me to wake up that early. Because <laughs> I essentially I have to wake up, what was it like an hour or two uh, earlier than if I wor- was living just in Vancouver. Yeah, okay. Oh, to um, get out of there, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just I hey I I need to move out, and I found a roommate with uh, a friend of mine. So we okay, so that. you did a r- you did roommate right away. You didn't. Yeah. Even though you could probably have afforded a place of your own. Right? Yeah, I I never thought about living on my own. I always wanted to live with a with a, f- a roommate, and that just uh, another friend of mine was looking for a roommate, so we just like, hey, let's room that's together. That's yeah. like a, a personality thing. Like you yeah. just you want to have yeah. somebody to live with. Just yeah. like now, you're rooming with uh, somebody here at the conference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> save some <laughs> Even money. Even though you could absolutely afford a place of your own. Yeah, right? save some money, and then uh, then you have a conference buddy. <laughs> kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, the, I mean, we think about. Uh, there's so many things you can do that save money, but also have added benefits that we don't yeah. think about, right? And yeah. uh, just because you can't afford it doesn't mean that you should yeah. buy it, right? Exactly. Uh, and that's that seems to be a, a theme 
Yeah, I uh, guess so. If you put it that way, in your <laughs> yeah, in your yeah. life, well, for for things that you are not passionate about, I think we've been talking a lot, like with watching the movie, uh, the fire movie last night. Yeah, and I think even uh, uh, Ramit's uh, presentation in the mm-hmm. keynote, it's like there's a lot of talk about sort of doubling down on the things that you like. Yeah, and just cutting back. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> what did what did uh, J D. Roth say? Like uh, cutting the non, um, the things that you don't. Uh, value as much uh, ruthlessly ruthlessly yeah, that's it that's, that's it word, like yeah. really just like rip them apart right yeah. like and that makes sense i think i think that's the core thing now because um you know I, I think the general public idea of fires you know retiree go extreme as extreme as possible cut yeah every expense but i i love the fact that people are now talking about you know uh, i think uh pull up was talking about yeah you know, it's like a pendulum you don't want to swim to the extremes you kind of want to right kind of kind of like what i've been talking about finding that personal balance so for us is yeah you know i think we have determined that and and i think my um, i was definitely a little bit on the extreme side and and my wife was pushing back and definitely got into some th- arguments really and so so that that made me realize hey we need to find a balance to make sure we still could stay together kind of thing right okay so let's let's jump to 2010 or so then when you when you met and you started talking about this concept and how did how did it come up like because you're right now you're building up your savings yeah but you're and you're spending on things like you know uh, outdoor activities which i'm sure were not super cheap or anything right uh, or was it to just go i uh, guess for the most part cheap is like you know skis and yeah you, know, you have climbing your gears yeah. So, okay. So the yeah, initial so yeah. investment was a bit high. Yeah, but, but it la- would last yeah. so long. So you, you were able to amortize that cost yeah. over over years. Yeah. And so you're doing pretty all right. Yeah. But you meet, and then how does the conversation come up? Like, hey, uh, maybe we should just. Uh, yeah. Crack so down on this. so my wife, um, she has. Oh, she grew up on a farm in Denmark. So okay. she's always been, I guess. Frugal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, farm farmers. Uh, yeah, are, are and but and she, she's frugal, always yes. taught like you only spend how much you have. Yes, well, that's right. Like don't overspend. Everyone should know that. Yeah, so so <laughs> both of us kind of got on the same page right away, and and she went to a course and was given a book called The Millionaire Mind. Okay, and that's we read 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 the book. Um, separately, but we we read the book, and then we, that's when we started really talking about money and what we want to do in the future, and okay. you know that that got me started because I was reading um, personal finance books before, but not as passionately. So at yeah. the start of the the passion, I started reading all these, you know, um, you know, um, wealthy barber and yeah. you know, all those classics, and I started you know, taking investing courses and inve- reading investment books, and that's when really pick up the interest and i call it our epiphany in 2011 okay and that's when we really started doing uh shifting money into stocks dividend stocks index funds and really thinking about hey what what do we want to do in 10 15 years and yeah. what's our goal and sort of thinking about uh, your yeah. goals and uh, then and together. then before that i was reading a lot of uh, personal finance blogs and i was like hey i could start one but i was never like, do I even have stuff to write about, or do I even have enough material to write about? Yeah. Right? So, I think I debated back and forth for like six or seven months whether I want to start one. And my wife's like, "Well, why don't you just write some articles, see if you could even have stuff to write about, right?" So I yeah. did that, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I think I could uh, 
like start wine. So I started the wine and then just went from there. And it was always talk hand. Yeah, it was always talk hand, and I I was like trying to figure out a name, right? Cause yeah. I was like, hey, I'm I do dividend investing. Should I have a name, dividend stuff? Or, sure. Um, my tagline is uh used to be a Canadian's quest for joy, financial independence, and joyful life, but I create a new logo recently uh like a year and a half ago and um a lot of people were wondering what that talk hand means i <laughs> i changed my tagline to a a canadian a taiwanese canadian's quest for financial independence and joyful life yeah so and then the logo i think it's really clear what talk hand means now okay um <laughs> well the, I have, the follow-up question i have is are there very unique things uh in uh financial independence or personal finance for a taiwanese canadian I wouldn't say so, but I think I think being an immigrant, I think, and obviously Canada's built on immigrants, yes, right? So, immigrants, so yeah. they're they're, stem. I guess I'm technically second generation because I guess my parents are first generation. But you know, some of these struggles we go through, right? Like I, I didn't learn any English before we moved, so I I literally really like first okay. day in school I wrote about it. I I had to pose on my struggles with yeah. English. Okay. And uh Perfect. that was a uh, very interesting experience. Uh, so I, I definitely could relate to some of the struggles immigrants have and even you know, even if you're born in Canada, you're an immigrant, um yes. or yeah. you're a visible by minority, yeah. um, I could relate to those struggles. So I think that that's I th- think that's what captured a lot of my readership because people could relate to me yeah and even um, though you had uh, some financial privilege there yeah. was a lot of other privilege that you did not have exactly yeah and uh yeah and 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 i think canada is so much different than and than the states yeah um so th- that having that canadian perspective is is uh very important yeah and then so and then you were able to attract other taiwanese canadians or other immigrants who might have gone through the same thing as you and then can relate and then we'll listen to what you're saying about dividend investing as well even though it's not specific to immigrants yeah. But they they connect with you, yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of most of my readers now are just just I don't even differentiate between immigrants or not. Yeah, it's just yeah. Canadian in general. That yeah. you know, because when people find fire, you get a lot of American stories. It's a lot of American. And so yeah. so it's nice for them to be able to relate to. Hey, what what do we do in Canada? Like we don't have to care about healthcare. Yeah, yeah universal. We don't. That's not right? our budget. And then and then you know. <laughs> There's like four one k and all that That's stuff, right. which is very different than our RSP and TFSA. Yeah. So things like that, I try to explain, and you know the tax um, methods and strategies, things like that. Um, yeah. So it's it's nice to hear from Canadians, and you know I I try I started a series uh, where I interview Canadians who are financially independent or retired or awesome. close to, and I think that gives a better perspective canadian perspective than your typical so-and-so retire in their 30s in in the u.s right because so it's different it's it is different there there's a lot of intricacies and nuance in terms of the canada and u.s situation exactly you can't do everything same way and then the very good point is that they ha- always have a a line for healthcare in their yeah. budget and, yeah. and we don't have to worry about that but we i'm sure <laughs> we have other things that that they don't have and uh you know that's why there has to be a, a clear divide so yeah, the so it's not as it's not just as simple as obviously putting things in GICs and and the, you know for forty years or yep. whatever, right? Uh, so you got into dividend investing, uh, which like why why is dividend investing uh, good for you? Um, well, I started off to be 
to be honest, I didn't know about index <laughs> ETFs yeah, okay, yeah. back then. <laughs> um, but my my thought is, hey, I'm using things that produced by these companies I rely on every day. So why yeah. not invest in a company and get paid for it, right? Sure. So, so that was how I started. And and we do invest in, in index ETFs. Don't get me wrong. We, we're kind of doing a, a hybrid approach where we do dividend and index. Kind of capture the both uh, best of both worlds. So um, individual stocks that pay regular dividends. Yeah. That, that are like uh, blue chip stocks that are like yeah. So so enough, we could we like could sort of banks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Predict our 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 dividend income. Okay. And yeah. Index more for the diversification sake. Like yeah. You know a lot of these big international stocks they're not listed in the U.S. So no. there's just no way to buy like you know you think of like Samsung Toyota. Yeah. Some of these big ones, okay. right? So, so it's a way to get diversification exactly. internationally yeah. and in different probably uh, sectors, industries yeah. in the sectors yeah. um, without having to go buy the individual stocks, which is much more difficult. You can easily buy Canadian dividend stocks, exactly. Uh, but other ones are a little more uh, more difficult yeah, to get and, your hands and on. Quite frankly, the the Canadian economy is really heavy in financial and energy. Yeah, so that's those that's are the big ones. That's another way to you know tap into the other sectors internationally yeah and and you're just buying a little bit of each one when you buy an etf or an index fund and so you're very well protected and exactly then, like do you have an idea like are you trying to outdo the market like with the mix or are you actively working on this portfolio or are you just trying to get a certain level of passive average yeah we're we're trying to get return. a certain level of pa um passive income um return is obviously important but i don't I don't track it too closely. Having said that, I, I recently did a um, wrote a post and just like tally out our returns over the last five or six years, okay. and we actually have BDTSX, which is kind of surprising. So um, uh, you so you've you've exceeded your, your returns have exceeded the Toronto Stock Exchange. Yeah, but I mean we we own some U.S. stocks too, right? So I I made the I I then looked at the Dow Jones and then did like a 75, 25 mix and we still came out ahead. Although, and then s uh, another reader was like, oh, why didn't you compare it to S&P 500? Because that's more of a, a bigger index. Index. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I honestly, I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I just did Dow Jones. So. And can you, can you look back and see like what decisions you made that led to you doing better than the, those indexes? Oh yeah, for sure. I think, um, uh, our epiphany was 2011 although before then i was buying stuff too so that was like sort of right after not not right at the bottom of the financial crisis yeah i was kind of when so you got some things at a discount yeah and that's when i started moving a lot of my cash into equity so that's okay. we kind of sort of started building our portfolio on the way up when the market was going up so that that was a big chunk of money there okay and then also we uh I don't know, I think looking back, I was pretty smart, but um, <laughs> the second one, which I was referring to, was when we when we were moving the money, um, the uh, Canadian dollar was over parity. Oh, so I yeah. changed a lot of Canadian into U.S. Oh, wow, okay. So I automatically now I get like, you know, 30% yeah. return, right? So, so that, I think that helped with my returns as well. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff you have in U.S. dollars. Yeah. At this point, oh, that's yeah. that's nice. Yeah. So you you made a good move at a uh, time. Yeah, because there's I always a bit of luck in these things. Yeah, right? a little bit lucky. So I wouldn't say I'm like you know I'm not the next Warren Buffett or anything like that. But but just like I, I made some yeah. some lucky move. But obviously I made some 
uh, mistakes too. Right? Like I, I definitely have picked stocks where they lost like, you know, 20, 30%. Yeah. And I was like, I need to cut this. So you're monitoring yeah. this. If you buy individual stocks, you have to spend some time monitoring. I do, but it's, it's more, it's kind of interest for me. Like I yeah, enjoy you like it. Yeah. analyzing stocks and, you know, all that stuff. And I, don't know, I just think it's fun. <laughs> So the epiphany, what what exactly what was it that you guys decided to do? Uh, like started to save more, or like I mean, started to s- uh, like, did you set a level of savings like of your income? No, we never set a, a level. We just if epiphany was like, hey, we really could, you know, focus on generating passive income in such a way we maybe we could uh, be financially independent in, in by our early fif- uh, early forties and yeah. you know, and see what we want to do. Um, and yeah, we just start doing that, and, and you know, think next thing lead to another. Here we are. Well, did yeah. So did you have to make any big life changes, or was it just a matter of like, you know, we could spend all this because uh, you uh, you're both working, I imagine, at the time. Uh, no, my wife is not not working. Okay, so you it's just your income. Yeah, it's just my income. And, and you you ha- started having kids at this point, or we our first kid was born in 2013. Okay, so yeah. and and you have how many now? We are two. Yeah, two. So you got two kids, a single income, but still able to like this dream was not was <laughs> the dream was not cut by the kids uh, no, coming no, into no, play. No, no, no. And and I think it helps when we're natural, both naturally frugal. Yeah. Um. And no, we don't have TV at home, and we're really no like no TV. No, no TV, no cable. Oh, no um, net- Netflix. No Netflix. Although really? we borrow my parents, uh, if you want to watch something specific, yeah, we we <laughs> use their login to watch, you know, CTV stream or something. Okay, but like on yeah. your computer. Yeah, on the computer. So, <laughs> so you probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll edit that out. Uh, I I probably won't. Uh, the it's <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> you tell me later <laughs> if it's important. So you're naturally frugal, and then you just have this goal. So that makes you like if you were making a decision, should we buy this? Should we not? Like, do we make this? It's m- easier to make the decision that is easier to get to your goal. If it was like, I want to buy this thing that costs more, costs less. Is that how that kind of? Yeah, happens in I kind of. I don't know. I'm not never a materialistic person. Yeah, so no. it's like, well, I could, you know, I could, you know, I don't need brand name stuff. I'm just yeah. as happy as, you know, getting a T-shirt from from a superstore or, you know, I don't. You know, if you know me, I, I'm not like a fancy guy, and, <laughs> and, and you know, it's I, I I travel a lot for work, so I I've been staying at like these fancy hotels. It's like super nice, but like that's I, work. Oh, I need that work money, work. Pays yeah, for yeah, but like I mean, all I need is just a bed, right? Like as long as there's no this clean and I could sleep on it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, right? it's just a little bit nice, ex- like extra. Like I don't need to like stay at the Ritz. I mean, I don't stay at the Ritz for work, but um. No, it's it's just what you value, right? And and by yeah. by by knowing what you value in terms of like, yeah, we value experiences and time and you know time spent with the family. Um, no, um, we're pretty health conscious in terms of eating healthy foods and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That has made us less. Um, I guess spending money on on buying things. Yeah, well, <laughs> random I mean, stuff. Would you say that you figured out early like? what you need to make you happy and yeah. so you're not needing to compensate yeah yeah and, and it's funny because when we when we got our place and we were looking to you know house insurance and 
we went to the bank they're like oh your house is worth this therefore there's like there's usually a home content um as part of the housing insurance they're like oh so you should have this much content in your house <laughs> this, we're like holy crap do you remember, <laughs> do you remember the number what was i it? don't remember it was it was significant we're yeah like, we don't have like a quarter of that <laughs> or anything that's funny right because yeah. yeah i remember like as a tenant uh renting um the standard was like twenty five thousand in stuff yeah and there's no way yeah ours, as a tenant ours, yeah we don't I even i don't even know like just in my mind maybe like excluding our car i don't think we if we add everything up we don't even have I don't 20 yeah way less than 20 right and yeah. and the fact that that's the the, the sort of the minimum for yeah. someone who's renting a place yeah let alone buying a whole a uh, whole house and then maybe yeah. having a family in there yeah uh, that just says a lot about what society expects us to have as material possessions yeah because i i'm just thinking of I'll, um in my mind here like we don't really have any jewelries. Like, I mean, yeah. we have like wedding rings and yeah, I, they're they're usually on our person. Yeah, and then <laughs> like I have my camera equipment. They're you know a few thousand dollars here and there. Yeah, our laptops, uh, computers stuff. But yeah, we don't have anything that's like we don't have like expensive arts or you know our our furnitures are all like I think most of our furnitures are from IKEA. You know, maybe have like a a seven hundred dollar couch, uh, but there's nothing expensive in our house. <laughs> well, it's really. just, you know, and, and you said maybe the car and, and I mean, you probably are frugal with your uh, vehicle purchase as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause so in the movie last night when they were, uh, when she was talking about having to give up her BMW as a status symbol. Yeah. I just, just, I couldn't even process. I don't know if you have the same thought, like, wh why is, would a car be a status symbol? Why do you need to have status? Yeah. I, for I, me, for me, just four wheels, for me to get to place A to place B, it doesn't safety. Having said that, safe. having said I, I've test test drove the Tesla Model Three, and I'm <laughs> like, wow, this is a nice car, but <laughs> I would never spend that much money on on a Model Three or you know like fifty thousand dollar on a car. I just like what more? That's crazy. Well, the thing about that is, is that if you had the money, it would be a really good way to spend your money on something that has uh, uh, like that matches with your values. Say, exactly. Right? I mean, I mean, and that's the options that you're giving yourself. Exactly. I mean, not saying I would never get a Tesla. Like, I think the electric car is is where it's yeah. at. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I would. It's I just still, can't it's imagine spending that much money. You're still balancing. But but right? some people see the value. I I'm not saying that's wrong. No. Like no. if you if you if you're driving if you get a Tesla and plan to drive till it it dies, I think that's a great investment. Sure. Right. The the problem with vehicles is that people change their vehicles every two or three years and yeah. it's like and then another thing is they get into these these loans that's like, you know, seventy two months or whatever long. And it's like you know your car won't worth that much in like by the time you drive off the lot, right? So so, so what's the what's the what's your ideal way to buy cars? Or well, we I first car I had was uh, I bought brand new, but I drove it for over ten years. Yeah. So the idea is just drive till it it needs to get replaced. Kind and of thing. so, like, do you well, how much did it cost brand new? Do you remember? Uh, the Civ I had a Civic, so it was like twenty thousand. And so, did you have that cash already saved up? Is that how you? Yeah, I, and I, you I use existing cash, which is yeah, which is hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to do, yeah, right? Yeah, twenty thousand coming out of your your bank accounts. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to get a car loan and yeah, and you're payments. paying like fifty bucks 
or whatever months were bi-weekly. That's it. That's the right, easy cause, way. Because people think, oh, it's affordable, but they don't think of the the actual amount you're paying off on interest yes. and all that stuff, right? So it it definitely adds up. But also, like as you said, people they're locked into this, say you know, seventy-two month financing or whatever it is, yeah. and doesn't really give you freedom like what if something happens and you can't make the payments for a little bit right exactly yeah it just it just ties you down a little bit right like imagine these are like little chains and you have like a car loan chain on your ankle and then you have your (laughs) mortgage and then you know if you you have like credit card debt it's like another chain on your and it just limits your your um like financial movement i guess well and and we don't like it's not like um you still can't live your life you might not even realize that these chains are bringing you down a little bit exactly and and i think i think we definitely have too much of yeah like you were saying status symbol like yeah you know one thing i i've learned is like you know stop caring what others think about me yeah and that definitely change how i see the world is like well i don't care if i'm like you know if i'm in t-shirts and jeans uh, i don't really care if uh, what people think about me in terms of appearance wise and you know i i feel good about myself yeah you know um that's imp- like that's the most who important cares? who cares right like who cares if i you know i i i, I drive like a, a be- beater or not saying we're driving a beater but like who cares i'm still i can still get from point a to point b and you know like going to going to uh say we we just recently went to new york right so like What's the difference if you, we go into New York, we stay at a cheap, cheaper hotel versus somebody that stay at like I don't know, a penthouse? We still get to see New York. That's right. <laughs> right. And the, and the only standards we should have is like safety and, and yeah. basic comfort. Yeah. And, you know, I don't need chocolates on my pillows and I don't need it to be in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah. And, and my, my dad recently, we were joking about, you know, it would be cool to go to a Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> He's like, well end of the day after you eat you still stuff come out the same way right <laughs> so i'm like yeah you get a point you, you have right, a point like, but, yeah, but it's kind of it. cool to try these like like nicer restaurant too right it's, it's an experience on its own but yeah when you think about it it's, it's still it's the, end same of the, day, it's the same stuff and like honestly a lo- it's all just psychological right yeah because our stomach is just it's still gonna turn it all into mush right yeah exactly. like no matter what how expensive or if it's got gold flakes in it or yeah. what right it just probably makes it even worse for you yeah to have but it apparently it will cost thousands of dollars yeah the yeah i i mean i don't want to take away experiences and as you said balance right mm-hmm. but you have to weigh the pros and cons you d- double like double down or quadruple as the roommate said of the things that you love to spend money on if yeah. you can afford it which is the, the really key thing that he didn't talk about much like if you can afford it well let's uh, like we were not going to all sell ebooks uh, on our websites uh, uh so ha- we have to make sure we afford it first before yeah. we even have that conversation yeah and i think i think that's very like with credit card uh, that makes it easier to do that oh but yeah. i think it's yeah. the important thing is to uh to always pay your pay your uh, outstanding credit in in full and and that was one of the number one lessons um my parents taught me when i got my first credit card they're like well you should trade it as a debit card Ah, so you yeah. only spend money. Yes. Do you have any bank Love on it. your credit card? So yeah. I I always done that, and and I think that that's very important because, you know, 
I I look at how much credit I have. It's crazy. Like available I, credit. Yeah, yeah oh like God. I think I have one car that's I have quite a few credit because we got into trouble hacking a little bit. Um, but you do you do some hacking though. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, I don't know. I think last time I checked, I had like almost hundred thousand in credit and available. Uh, credit. Just on credit card. Available credit. That and I'm like holy crap like if i'm not responsible i could get into a lot of trouble that's it right and we i mean you shouldn't you know i i currently have thirty three thousand in available credit you know mm-hmm. and i went through a gambling addiction and the, and the consumer proposal right yeah if i didn't feel like i was uh, beyond all of that and and safe yeah that could be super dangerous exactly and you know again if they also if they get in the wrong hands or you you have a family member who you know goes rogue yeah <laughs> with your cards but it's uh you know i don't know does a hundred thousand dollars affect your credit utilization negatively does it ever get negative like you have too much credit no i'm you know I, that I, the answer yeah. to that um i don't know but i i probably have two i think right now i have five credit cards i should probably close a few yeah you think it yeah. would help uh not that I well my my credit score is pretty good i think i'm over 800 and we don't um, need to care so much about our credit scores yeah, unless yeah. we're gonna go get credit yeah right? it's just for the banks but yeah. still it, it it does is a measure of like you know there the ways that they have it all set up could indicate that hey maybe you have too much available yeah credit i'm, I'm just already. like like i i hear stories like oh i'll i really like this i'll just put it on my credit card it's no i i got ten thousand dollar in my on my credit card and oh. i'll just go buy this and or you know, I'll think about it later. Oh, and I, and I, oh, just, I just like, oh, don't, please don't do that. Don't do it. Don't right? do it. Because like, you, you get your credit card statement, and it's like, if you pay the minimum balance, you, you'll pay this off in 15 years. I was like, wow. Like, it's always like. I've seen one that's like 92 years. Yeah, and, and people don't think about that, right? It's <sighs> just like, oh, man, like, if you do that, you're going to be. And y- y- the thing is, people keep racking it up, too, right? They just. Yeah. Yeah, so that just, like. It just keeps adding Snow, on, snowballs. and they don't think about. Well, they won't know how it's like. They can we can try to tell them and predict how it's going to turn out, but they won't know personally until they get to a point in the future where, wow, I've had debt for like twenty years, yeah. and why do I? Wh- I have to keep working. When am I going to be able to retire? Why don't I have any savings? And these mm-hmm. are all the questions that people ask yeah. too late, right? Yeah. And yeah. but we, you know, you write all this stuff. We do these podcasts. We we write and we talk about this stuff. Hopefully, something that one of us says will get through to people. Yeah, I right? think it's it's too unfortunate that within the school system, you don't you don't have any financial education. Yes. I think I don't know now, but I think um, it's not great. It's not great. I mean, I mean, sh- they should definitely have have some sort of financial responsibility courses, like, as full like courses. even even in like elementary school or something. Yeah. Just talk teaching about money, right? I mean, we learn about like. You know, English, I guess, is more than English, <laughs> math, and all that stuff. But then, okay, you know, geography. Like okay, I, I love geography. Yeah. I love knowing about things. Yeah. I don't, I think, I'm pretty sure you can survive without knowing tons about geography, honestly. Yeah. And, and like, you know, you know, social or, uh, socials or history classes, you're just like remembering dates. It's like, don't get me wrong. Right, I think, I think some of these stuff is important yeah. to learn, but I think you could probably squeeze in. Yeah, is one it or two financial, personal finance. Is it courses, more important right? than, than than understanding like if you you're, that you're going to pay like five thousand dollars in credit card interest like in in, in five years uh, sometimes like yeah if you, to be able to just make that calculation or make those like 
pro and con like opportunity cost decisions i think that stuff is so valuable yeah, yeah we're tied into some sort of math classes right i mean yeah you, you talk about like we saw like i don't know like uh sakatoa and all that stuff and like you know you get out of school how often do you actually use that i mean don't right. you know that that's problem solving skills which i think are extremely important in life but just you need to s- have some basic level of personal finance knowledge like practical first yeah and then we can talk yeah. about the like why do you think stuff. why do you think a lot of these uh, university students get into debt like you know <laughs> they they go to university and they see like credit card they sign up and then they're like oh i don't know what to do with credit cards i'll just buy everything on credit card it's free money it's yeah, there exactly. to spend yeah so and we you know and it's unfortunate that not everyone is is as lucky as you to come from a frugal family to who talked about money talked about frugality exactly, yeah. and how it's important gave yeah. you opportunities to be frugal gave you little nudges right yeah, yeah. to be like hey maybe you should <laughs> yeah. uh, save that money yeah, instead yeah. like some parents don't have those skills n- and on top of that a lot of kids won't listen to their parents either right right or, or even it could be as basic like not even like courses right like i know um in high school there's like usually english class you have to read certain books yeah, yes maybe instead of like reading you know the classics you you have like one personal finance one pers- book one book the wealthy right, barber discuss about that right <laughs> yeah Right, it could be as simple as that. Like instead of reading, I don't know Shakespeare. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's important. Of I think course, it's great work. But like, maybe instead of like you know Shakespeare and uh, I don't know Tale of Two Cities or something. Yeah, like that. Tale of Cities or the Outsider. You, yeah. you 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 change one for a personal finance book because you could still apply the you know English reading and like exactly. say reviews or yeah. essay type thing, but you're also getting knowledge with it. I mean, exactly. I think, I think that would be cool. I think it would be cool too. I think. It, we need to find better ways to just integrate this into everything because and when you get out into life it's integrated into everything money exactly. is yeah. in everything yeah. and we can't just go through education blind to that mm-hmm. i think that's important but in the meantime we're going to keep on writing we're yeah. going to keep on talking about it yeah so for uh for you bob mm-hmm. um com. yeah dot yeah. ca.com dot com so yeah people could find me on talkin.com that's t-a-w-c-a-n dot com or uh, on twitter i'm pretty active on twitter so that's at talkin again t-a-w-c-a-n yeah. or or if they search my name bob lai uh b-o-b-l-a-i l-a-i uh i think that pops up my my site pops up or, yeah, I think or it my does. or my photography website i think it auto populates uh bob lai talkin Oh really? Yeah, okay, I think that's, <laughs> that's a, cool. Well, I maybe didn't my, that. maybe only mine did that. I don't know, but yeah, the, <laughs> I, I I'm pretty more. easy easy to find. But yeah, yeah, you're one of the options, like Bob Lai, you know, because I'm sure there are many Bob Lies, no, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, Bob Lai talking, I think, is at the top. So that's the easiest way to find Bob. Uh, I'm really glad we were able to do this here in yeah, person. Yeah, it's great to connect. Yeah, because we're not in the same part of the country, and it's like day three, and uh, we're a little we're, bit tired. We're exhausted. <laughs> And the last thing I want to do is go to a session or like, I don't even know if I could take it in, but yeah. I think it's valuable to have this conversation and, and uh, I think we'll be uh, grateful that we did it. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though we're tired. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks again, Bob. No problem. Good to chat to you.